0: Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the BMS Performance Podcast, Talking Recruitment. Um, For those who don't know BMS, we are a specialist sales recruitment consultancy and we've been established for 30 years. Uh, My name is Mike Leather, I've got 13 years experience in recruitment, 10 years at BMS, I have privilege and pleasure of leading the largest sales team in the company and joining me today is one of those people, um, Laura Tucker. Hi Laura, great to have you on
1: here. Good morning, thank you Mike. Uh, Yeah really good to be on, Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Excited for the conversation. So each (laughs) week we're going to be talking about a new topic in, in relation to sales recruitment. Before we get into any of that Laura, why don't you give the audience just a brief intro into yourself, what you do for the company and also a bit about how you got into recruitment in the first place.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, I will give a potted history. Uh, yeah. I I joined BMS as a, as a graduate, uh, background in in languages, my degree. So uh, probably not necessarily related, but I yeah, joined the business in, gosh, 2005. I've been here um coming up with just over 18 years now. So I have worked across all our divisions. So in in the sales team, I have worked in construction, FMCG, business to business. uh, And for the last 12 years, I've made my home in our medical division. So working with healthcare and medical device clients, I've worked with candidates, I've worked with clients on uh, you know, from a startup to a, a corporate business. So uh, I think I've done most, you know, most of everything that that we do, and uh, yeah. enjoyed it all. So uh, hopefully, a bit of experience to bring to the table. Yeah,
0: loads of wisdom and experience to bring, and you've pretty much done it all, haven't you? Master of all trades, almost.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the subject we wanted to talk about, and we agreed to talk about today, Laura, was the um, the benefits. Of recruiting from outside of your industry sector forward slash recruiting outside your traditional profile wasn't it so what was the reason that we decided to talk about this particular subject at this moment in time
1: I think this this topic is a really interesting one because it spans all industries but certainly I've noticed in the medical devices industry this has been a real topic of discussion it is a challenge the landscape that we're seeing um post you know, post-COVID mini-boom, you know, that we saw, uh, you know, last year, it's now a different set of circumstances out there. The economy has definitely had, like, a knee-jerk reaction for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, So the experienced salespeople that might have been actively looking or willing to go onto the market and tentatively look are not doing that because there is that fear and that nervousness. So companies are finding their recruitment needs, uh, you know, are still there, but they can't fill them with that like-for-like person or that, that square peg in a square hole. They're having to think of other ways to fill that role and not leave, you know, a vacant sales territory vacant for too long.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're seeing it across all, all industry sectors. We're seeing it across commercial. we seeing it across technical. Where um, companies that might have ordinarily been able to recruit from a market sector um, or recruit a specific type of profile have found it hard due to a drop off in the number of candidates applying for adverts and the rise in the amount of candidates that are only available to so actually searching and finding them. There's a lot of stuff going on. So I think the way one to play this is if we we think so. Okay. So I'm a hiring manager, I'm really struggling to recruit for um, my vacancy. I've never really had a problem in the past because I've always been able to find people because I work in a market that's um, pretty, pretty niche. So I know everyone in the marketplace. I've, I've, I've been able to just contact people myself in the past or I've done all right with getting people through from an advert. But at this moment in time, you know, I'm struggling. Advert response is poor. I've got people agreeing to come to an interview and pulling out of interviews. So I'm having a nightmare. No need to do something different. But how do I, I even know what sort of skills and experience I should be looking for? outside of my market sector like how, how do I even start that journey of knowing what to recruit because I've always been doing what I've been doing for so long
1: yeah yeah no I, I, I agree you it's a real mindset change to think oh gosh I've got to now look at someone who doesn't have um, everything I want so what do I isolate as yeah. those competencies or those character traits that would be successful and I've got to try and f- extract those through a cv that doesn't really bear any relationship you know relationship to yeah, in my industry so what you can do is a couple of different approaches here you you you've got a few options as a hiring manager you can just you know you can measure your own team in terms of insights and personality and identify those core competencies or traits that you have found to be successful in your own sales team yeah uh, so you could use you know you can use those those personality side and those those um insight tools the other thing you can look at is methodology um in the uh-huh. medical devices market there are a number of um you know med tech companies that adopt the Challenger sales model yeah. um, and they sell in a certain way because their healthcare um, customers uh, you know, are looking for very evidence-based selling um, and very much an insight from the salesperson to, to lead them to a different way of thinking. Yeah. And so they really like that challenger model. Now, ironically, a couple of years ago, I know that David Lloyd, for example, as a business, um, they also use the challenger model now you would think well how does that translate into the medical industry but because that sales process and that sales methodology was there yeah actually there were a number of people that did very very well transferring from that into medical sales so it's interesting sometimes that you can look at you know more broad methodology and way of selling that translates and once you and someone understands that you just have to teach them the product
0: yeah It's incredible, isn't it, that you can find people who've been selling gym memberships and they can be a fit for a really good fit for a medical sales role because i guess for those candidates as well it's a it's a step up it's um progression they've got no preconceived ideas either of days i know we're going to talk about benefits um later on in terms of recruiting outside of your industry sector so i don't want to go into that in too much but i guess as way where where my thought process is is going with this too and if i think about some of the advice and feedback i've give to sales leaders and hiring managers on this subject when they've really struggled it's thinking about their route to market the decision makers that they're selling to often you can sell a service you can sell a product to a decision maker and still be able to then go and sell something else which is totally different to that same decision maker because you understand what that decision maker's problems are what their Mm. challenges are what they struggle with in their role and you're used to selling at that level i think as well a, a, a really great um thing to look out for is candidates who are used to selling the same say at same length of sales process the same sales cycle length um but people who are used to managing multiple stakeholders if mm-hmm. it's a role selling something on a contractual basis and there's three or four directors involved in that sales process look for people who have also had that experience um yeah. in the past and, and I, I guess as well really break really think about what is your sales process from cradle to grave, picking out the parts of that that you know are the most difficult, that people struggle with the most, i.e. lead generation, booking meetings, managing a sales pipeline over a period of time, and then trying to identify that in the market so you know that those individuals are coming with experience of doing that. Mm. Albeit selling into a different market sector.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I can think of an example actually. When I worked in the construction industry, a big blue chip, uh, you know, um, bathrooms, uh, in a sort of yeah, bathrooms and manufacturer, they actually specifically wanted people from blue chip, commercial and business to business sales really? backgrounds who'd done that key account management, national account management type role, because yeah. they were able to look at that, you know, that long sales cycle, multiple stakeholders in a contract or a tender process. And they're, you know, in this particular division, they were selling to local authorities, social housing, uh, big blue chip construction firms, where you had to go in at the top, but you had to know everyone from a, you know, from a C-suite level down to a local you know, regional contact and anywhere up the chain as well. And I think a lot of blue chip business to uh, business key account managers were trained in that way. So they yeah. understood about what you need to do to get a contract or or a tender process over the line. And yeah. again, that transfers again within the med- medical industry because the NHS now as a customer, you know, th- when you're going after procurement and getting on a procurement framework it, within an NHS trust, It's a very commercially led sales process. So actually those B2B, um, you know, key account managers can transfer very well. Similarly, when you're selling a piece of capital equipment to the NHS, a lot of people from the construction background, they have sold capital equipment in the same way. So they transfer very nicely with that long sales cycle, um, you know, big stakeholder mapping Um, to get that that big piece of equipment that high value equipment over the line so yeah yeah, there's definitely parallels if you're willing to kind of let go a bit as a a hiring manager and let go of your old ideal
0: yeah Yeah, 100% is that letting go, Pete, isn't it? So I guess to round off on this point, I'm the hiring manager. I've got to think about what I'm selling, who I'm selling to, how I'm approaching that sale, looking for that experience outside of my market. I'm really trying to harness those transferable skills, those soft skills, think about who I've got in my team that that does well, why, and then trying to identify that. Laura, so in your um, industry-specific area of medical devices, what options have hiring managers got who aren't able to maybe recruit someone who's sold something similar into the NHS like what 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 are they doing what how are they how are they filling the roles what type of backgrounds are they going after
1: yeah um I would say this falls into about three key categories that I have found in the last well probably the last 12 years of doing this but more you know it's definitely more frequently in the last six months the three kind of key options that you could go for if you're not looking at your traditional experienced medical device salesperson is number one look at your customers and the clinicians that work within the NHS so a lot of people now are thinking could we take a clinician that understands our therapy area Mm. that is our customer essentially so they've got that empathy the understanding of how the NHS works how our what our patients would you know what the patients would need at the end of it that know and use the product on a practical basis every day could they be someone we train up if they've got that drive to move into sales now that's not everyone but Mm. um our job as the recruitment consultant and our you know as the agency working on behalf of our client is to identify and assess those candidates that could make that move
0: yeah absolutely
1: that's not every clinician that's willing or wanting or able to do that but there are there are definitely some brilliant success stories for that. Yeah. The other is the the up and comer profile. So the graduate or the junior person that might have studied sports science, biology, you know, a science-based degree certainly within the medical industry, that has maybe done some customer facing sales or business to you know business to consumer sales throughout their university degree they might have even shadowed a medical salesperson or they have a connection to the NHS through their family or friends they might have sort of done something off their own back to drive their own career forward those are another you know option that a lot of companies find to be really refreshing and actually real cost-saving to them. The other option is to look at your business-to-business or or non-medical devices sales profile. And I guess one of the things that BMS can offer um, their clients is that because we have, you know, a number of different sales divisions and we interview and assess candidates across business-to-business, technical and construction, industrial, FMCG, et cetera, we can often offer our clients to look in that direction and yeah. present them with articulate, experienced, you know, high high performing salespeople from other backgrounds, sort of cross pollinating, I guess, your sales team. So yeah,
0: yeah, uh, uh, it's 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 true of the medical devices sector. It's also super relatable to the other divisions that we work across: commercial, construction, technical industrial digital solutions etc whereby you know if we think about reasons why candidates are unsuccessful in terms of getting jobs it's generally down to the soft skills isn't it it's generally down they lack of enthusiasm yeah. lack of energy lack drive etc 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 so considering people from outside of the market mm. who see it as a, as a as a progressive step forward who I've got all the characteristics that you're looking for that you can mold without any preconceived ideas, be that a junior candidate who sold something completely different or a, a graduate can definitely be a way of solving some of these recruitment issues that we're seeing companies face with, haven't we? Um okay, so back into um role play mode then. So I have decided to recruit out of my market sector. That's my plan. But I'm only um oh, I've only recently had experience of interviewing people from my market sector so the interview format the way I gear my questions the way I assess people is focused on industry talent or people that the type of sales profile that I've always recruited so I guess my question is as a hiring manager how do I then interview these people and assess them to make sure they're a fit when I don't really know a lot about the sales background the sales process what advice could you give me there yeah
1: you are you know you're looking at a different beast aren't you in front of you so yeah. um it's like you don't want to be too unfair but you want to see maybe what they've done off their own back i think as a candidate if they are serious about making this transition into your kind of your industry or your world what have they done off their own back so um you know have they done gone that extra mile beyond just your website to research have they you know watched videos have they phoned anyone have they requested a sample have they been out and done a bit of you know research in fields themselves um have they tried to shadow someone certainly in medical and healthcare it's not easy to do anymore but Mm. it's definitely ways that you can network um and do things like proactively um you know a lot of people that have had that exposure can might do a shadowing report and bring that to the interview you you want to look at people's genuine reasons for doing this so you as you know when you put a candidate on the spot so to speak and ask them why you're looking for like a genuine reason why now is the right time for them to move into a new industry not just because they want a job or the, the package looks good so you you're looking at like a like you said that sort of um sincerity I think and reasons beyond just a sort of a textbook approach um you know it might be something that's personal or re- relatable or they've had a first-hand experience or um you know they've uh, they've always had maybe the degree but never used it and they've, they've just sort of fallen into another sales industry and now's the right time for them because they've built enough life experience yeah so yeah you're looking at kind of that um you know that that individual I think um if you're looking at someone who's come from your customer so say you're look you're a, you know you're a A hiring manager and you're looking at someone who's been a buyer or you've Mm -hmm. been you're looking at that person who's been the clinician Mm. how do they translate their world into a more commercial way of doing things so often if as a clinician you're you know you'll come into a sales role can you look at things like your own deadlines how you're kpi'd or targeted in your own role because the nhs does have targets and um you know and KPIs and performance objectives mm. as well. Can you translate that and show similarities? So you've got these transferable scenarios and skills you can, you know, you can show to yeah. the hiring manager that will fit.
0: Yeah, it's it's passion, isn't it? Substance behind why you want to get into the industry sector, not wishy, you know, not we're not we're not accepting wishy-washy answers and vague answers. We want to see people that have really made a conscious choice that they want to move into this market. I think just to add to some of what you've said and and again ever think about my own experience and what's seen work well and what we've also done at BMS when 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 we've been recruiting for, for our business, role play exercises, you know, to assess where they are from a foundational sales experience level, like what is their baseline and then you can then assess what they need in terms of coaching in terms of development and this could be um something as simple as um setting up a role play meeting giving them a scenario this is as if you were the customer they've got come in and present to you treat as a full role play phone call role play just to get an idea you know where they're at in yeah. terms of their ability like you said before checking for exposure to similar types of sales methodologies research on challenger the spin there's gap selling medic we could go on and on and on you know have they got experience in that what type of sales training have they been on in the past how similar has that sales training be to the type of um sales process that you have? Um personally, I'm a, a big fan and you and you know this, and people that have got a real desire for their own personal development, you know, and they um take accountability in it and invest in, in themselves and they want to um you know be the best at what they do and try and find out, you know, where they've done that before as well. Because if someone has um Got a genuine appetite for personal development and their own coaching their own taking accountability for that then they're probably a good bet in terms of them coming in from outside of an industry sector because they've already shown and demonstrated that they've got an appetite for learning and they go Mm -hmm. above and beyond to do that anyway so naturally you would think that they're really driven to succeed in a market sector they've not had exposure to and just testing for resilience as well yeah you know, really re- really testing resilience you know, when how, how, how they've been rejected in the past what's sort the of experience have fallen what sort of falling behind what's experience of being rejected because it's yeah. tough when you move into an industry sets so you know nothing about it. you need people that are that are resilient and aren't going to give up
1: yeah often those yeah you're right i completely agree there and you know going on that that personal development piece and your own attitude and drive you know a lot of people i know that have done you know have had a really good sports career you know, again, yeah. they bring some of those innate skills that sales profiles, you know, ma- match well to, you know, that yeah. drive, resilience, overcoming challenges, whether that's injuries or, you know, personal yeah. failures that bounce back effect, you know, um, self-motivation to go, you know, to keep training for something, to work on one element of your game or your, um, you know, your own performance, that definitely translates so well to sales. So we've seen a lot of really strong, say, you know, sports backgrounds that have done very well because that does have, a, you know, a huge similarity in terms of approach absolutely um yeah and likewise that you know people those people that might have transferred industries before and you see that on their cv they've yeah. gone from a the commercial to a technical round and they're looking to go to medical well mm. if they've done it once then yeah that's a bit of reassurance there that you know they can make that change and they can open their own mind yeah. to, to change
0: 100%. So in your experience then Laura, when you've seen companies that have recruited from outside of the industry sector really well and it's been a success, what have they done differently to perhaps other business in terms of that onboarding, that support and a framework, creating a framework for this individual to be, to be successful?
1: Yeah, it's, I think once you make that decision as a hiring manager that you are going to you know change what you look for and be more open-minded about the recruit you have got to sort of remind yourselves and I think as a recruitment business and and, working with clients closely we can help here with that conversation that if you're going to do this if you're going to look at that junior profile if you're going to look at that non-industry candidate what support do you think they're going to need and you know let's be let's think about that in their development path in the first six months they may take more time than the traditional person so how do we help them get there so that they're not set up to fail so as you know as um as recruiters our job is to have that conversation with clients and make sure they are aware that it you know may not be as plain sailing it might take them longer to get that person there now in terms of what they can do you don't need a sophisticated like, in-house sales academy to give this new recruit yeah. everything and anything. But I think a buddying system, mentoring, um, whether that's, you know, people within your sales team that yeah. are senior and experienced that would actually relish the mentoring exercise as well for their yeah. own personal development. As Great a hiring point. manager, you, yeah. you're, ki- you're killing two birds with one stone. You're developing yeah. your high achievers and you're providing support for your new recruit. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, looking at, um, yeah, look, if they haven't had sales training before, investing in some sales training courses, um, you know, webinars, product training, classroom style training, you know, just, I think that reinforcement though, of whatever you're going to do, whether that's just one-to-ones on a daily, weekly or bi-weekly basis, I think that, that reinforcement and just consistency as a manager is really important that you're there for them so they aren't set up to fail um yeah. with graduates don't underestimate how much sort of spoon feeding they'll need at the start yeah but once they get it you know you've got a great investment you know sort of talent pool for your wider business if they do well
0: get them listening to podcasts as well that too. <laughs> but yeah um i think yeah just to dovetail on on that um creating monthly milestones looking at what they need to do in the first six months three months however long you want to set the period over break down what success looks like in each month and create milestones they're constantly got something to to work towards that's going to lead to getting to the point where where you want them to get to what have you seen as some of the of what have been the, the main beneficiaries then as a result of recruiting talent into a sales team from outside of the industry sector like what have been what have been the benefits that you've seen that you're when you've spoken to hiring managers that they've they've enjoyed and 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 has been a result of the outcome of bringing people in from outside the sector
1: um i i think it's when it works it's it's a fantastic you know it's fantastic exercise for for companies and some brilliant success stories so i think the first one is um you you get your role filled okay so it sounds <laughs> yeah. simple but there's a lot of companies right now that I have I'm working with and have worked with in the last three months who've had a vacancy for nine months or more because yeah. they're still waiting for that unicorn or whatever to to arrive and they are losing sales you know they are losing out to competitor activity in that region so first of all having someone in there that's got the attitude and drive hes not perfect but has got enough attitude and drive to do it and be successful Mm. and wants it that is a good thing so if you can get your role filled that's you know you're ahead of the game um number two you could be saving yourself money in uh, you know, the recruitment process, because often a graduate is going to be, you know, dare I say it, cheaper to hire than yeah. a very experienced person with five to 10 years sales on their CV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Long term gains, I think you are bringing in variety to your team, which is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. I know that we here at BMS have a real variety of backgrounds, walks of life, personality traits but we've got some common goals as a team and common values so we come from you know a real plethora of, of of you know backgrounds education whatnot but that's a good thing because we all learn and complement each other you don't want one type you know that's you know so your own growth mindset as a team is a good thing to encourage diversity in um different types so yeah. having that clinician in your team when you've got five other really experienced medical salespeople could be amazing benefit for everyone yeah because they learn off each other um and i think then retention you know down down the line a lot of the time when you've got someone who has worked so hard to get this opportunity and made that decision to step away from their world into your world it's a big thing for the candidate as well so they've not done this lightly so if they're doing it they're doing it because they want a genuine career with your business and with your team so the likelihood is you could retain them that much longer it's not always the case but a lot of the time you hear that people stay longer when they've you know, they've made that transition out of one industry to another because they've made a real conscious personal life decision. So it's, yeah. it's something that's really invaluable to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess if you're someone, again, I've used the phrase quite a, quite a lot on this, um, on this episode of making the step up, but the person that's making the step up has got a greater chance of being a long-term succession plan for the business than the person who is sidestepping effectively from one job to another, yeah, to sell something fairly similar, fairly similar salary. Um, and for those reasons, for them, it's it's, it's another job. Whereas the person outside the market, who may be a graduate, maybe a, a first, a second, third jobber, um, this could be. Seen as a career mm-hmm. for them would underline your first point there, where you said to get the role filled. Absolutely, like time to hire, time to hire, time to hire. It's something that you know we talk about a lot to our clients. But the, the longer a vacancy is live, the more and um, the, the higher the impact on the business, the more money mm-hmm. it costs. So time to hire is a real thing, and this is a, a definitely a way of solving those time to hire issues and getting the vacancies filled in a shorter period of time and adding something to your team. Um, that you might not have you know fresh ideas coming in fresh energy enthusiasm that can lift everyone else up as well and be a real morale boost to the team
1: yeah absolutely and then you know your long-term talent succession planning for your team you're thinking actually now we've invested in that graduate that that, that person's going to be really good for us we could see our next we you know our next sales national sales manager in that person or we could see our next yeah. marketeer in that person whatever they are going to be someone we can do something with long term and that's great because that's saving you dare i say it recruitment fees yeah, <laughs> down absolutely. the line
0: absolutely so on that note um we will wrap up um this podcast so thank you for coming on Laura. um i love that conversation and we'll definitely have you back on again um, hundred percent
1: thanks very much for having me it's been a real pleasure
0: Cool. Sure. good so next week um my colleague dean richards is going to be um joining us and we're going to be talking about the importance of the candidate experience which um should be a real good meeting subject to get stuck into so thanks for joining everyone and um hopefully um we'll see you all again next week thanks bye
1: bye <music>